good morning. Welcome to another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I and I am your host. And today we are continuing with the topic, the weight only counts if you wait on God. The past two episodes, we heard the story of Sarah and Abraham and the weight that they had to endure as they waited on God for the child that was promised unto them. Then we read the story of Job and we saw how Job suffered. He was tempted. He was tested. He went through so many trials, but he waited patiently. He never cursed God. He never turned his back on God. He waited on God and we see that through his weight, he was restored. Now today we're going to be reading the story of Joseph and we are going to see like Job, like Sarah, there was a weight like Sarah and Abraham, because we can't talk about Sarah without Abraham, but like Sarah and Abraham and like Job, Joseph has to wait on the Lord. Now, before we even go any further, as always, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to thank you, Father God, for allowing us the opportunity to gather together, to read your word, to learn what it is that you would like for us as your people to hear that we know, Father God, that we can trust on you, we can depend on you, we can wait on you, for if you have promised a thing, it must come to pass. Your word is filled with promises and examples of promises for your people. So we ask you even now, Almighty God, that as we read the story of Joseph and we remember the stories we have already read, you would help us, Lord Jesus, to continue to wait on you and on you alone. Father God, we ask you even now for protection. We ask you for provision. We ask you, Father God, that you send the necessary things for the people who have been affected by the present hurricane or, or hurricane Ian. We ask you, Father God, that you help us to be your hands and your feet, that we are not selfish in this time, but in whatever way we are able to give back, each and every single one of us would find a way to help our brothers and sisters, even now as they are in need. We give you all glory, all honor and praise. It's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. This is Tony with an I, and I am your host. Today, we're going to be reading the story of Joseph, and we are actually going to be going through Genesis 37 all the way to Genesis 46. Now, that is a lot of chapters to read, so we're not actually going to be reading the entire thing, but instead, we're just going to take a look at the life of Joseph and all the things that Joseph went through in the same way we looked at the life of Job so that we can understand that if and only if you wait on God, then the weight counts. Then the promises of the Almighty God will be fulfilled at the end of the wait. Now we're going to start off by looking at Genesis 
37. And this story tells us a little bit a backdrop about Joseph and his brothers. Now, if we start off at verse 3, it says, Now Israel, which is Joseph's father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamt another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamt? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his mind. Now, I just want to pause right here really quick to jump off track for a second and remind someone of something that maybe you haven't even heard it before. So maybe it's not a reminder. Maybe it's something new to you. But there was when I was a child growing up in Jamaica, I used to always remember there was a saying we used to have that said, have your friends and keep them well, but never to them your secrets tell. For when your friends become your foes, out in the world your secret goes. Now, this I'm saying to you simply to say, there are some things that you need to keep secret. And by secret, I literally mean there will be some things that you cannot share with anyone. When God is talking to you or he is asking you to do something or he is showing you something, there are times when what he has spoken to you, it is to be kept between you and your heavenly father. There are some things that you cannot speak of them until they come to pass. There are people that you will think are with you. And they may smile with you and everything may seem perfectly well. But I just want to encourage you. There are times you have to keep your mouth closed. There are some secrets that you literally will have to go back to being a child and remembering what it is to keep a secret. You will be able to tell some things. But there are other things. Joseph had these dreams and these dreams were actually prophetic words for what was to happen. 
But because his brothers already had a jealousy on the inside of them for Joseph, what they would do with this prophetic word was turn it into hatred for Joseph. Therefore, I just want to remind you in the same exact way that I wish someone could have told Joseph, there are some things you must keep secret until an appointed time when the okay to share it comes. Whether the okay comes from the Almighty God or it is just that the time is right for you to share it. And you often know when the time is right to share some things. If you are sharing things just so you can brag and you can boast and there are people that are probably desperately against you, wicked on the inside of their heart. You probably should not be sharing these things. This is the reason it is important for us to have a relationship with the Almighty God so that we can communicate with Him. He has been teaching this even to me recently, that there are some things that need to be kept silent until an appointed time. So there might be someone today that maybe God has spoken to you. Maybe something great is about to happen in your life. I don't know your situation or circumstance, but I would like to encourage you instead of sharing it with someone else, take it to the Lord in prayer and allow him to guide you as to when it is the right time to release it. Now we're going to go further and we're going to look at Genesis 37, 18 to 21 where Joseph's brothers plot to kill him. However, his brother Reuben steps in because he recognizes what the plan is. And he says to them, hey, instead of killing him, how about we just throw him into that pit? His plan, however, was that they would throw him into the pit. But when his brothers were no longer looking at at Joseph, paying attention to the situation, Reuben was planning to go and save him and bring him back to their father. However, when Reuben isn't there, his brothers do throw him into the pit. So they agree to that. They throw him into the pit. But we see in verse 28 of chapter 37, Joseph is actually sold to Ismaelite traders for 20 shekels. So his brothers throw him into the pit. And while he is there, they see some traders going by and they said, hey, you know what? So we don't have to have blood on our hands. We can get rid of him without killing him. How about we sell him to these people? And so that's exactly what they do. And we see that in Genesis 37 and verse 28. Now, if we continue to Genesis 37 and verse 36, Joseph is not just sold to the Ishmaelite traders, but now he is brought to Egypt. And once again, he is sold to Potiphar, who is an officer of Pharaoh, the king. However, God's favor is upon Joseph in every single part of this story. As we read through his life, we see God's favor on him, even in Potiphar's house. Now he becomes so great in Potiphar's house. Potiphar gives Joseph so much rule in his house. And we see, according to the scripture, that Joseph is actually handsome. He's an attractive young man. And so Potiphar's wife finds an interest in Joseph and tries to have a sexual relationship with him. 
However, Joseph turns her down time and time again. And every time he turns her down, there is a little bit of resentment that builds up on the inside of her for Joseph. So we see in Genesis 39 verse 11 to 19, Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of trying to rape her and he is thrown in prison as if it could get any worse. All this time, Joseph is simply being innocent and doing his best to be pure in all he does. He has a dream. His brothers hate, they hate him for that. He is sold to Ishmaelite traders. He goes to Potiphar's house where he rises up the ladder and things seem to be going well. And then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. Joseph is thrown into prison. Now, as we look at Genesis 40, we see that Joseph is in prison. Once again, if you read through the story, the favor of the Almighty God is upon Joseph, even as he is in prison. And he goes ahead and interprets the dream of two prisoners that are currently in prison with him. One being the king's baker and the other one being the king's cupbearer. Now, when Joseph interprets these dreams, he tells them both their dreams are actually very similar. In three days, they're both to be released from prison. The cupbearer is to be released to go back to his old job. And the baker is to be released. His fortune, on the other hand, is not very fortunate at all. He's actually to be released and murdered. So, yeah, that happens to, to the baker. So he tells the cupbearer, when you get out of prison, do not forget me. Remember me. And then we go to Genesis 41 and we see that the king, Pharaoh, has a dream. No one is able to interpret the dream. And the cupbearer remembers Joseph who had told him what his dream meant while he was in prison. And so he tells the king about Joseph. Now, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. He is released from prison and we watch him rise to power in the king's home. Now, at this point, verse 46 of chapter 41 tells us that Joseph is 30 years old. Now, as the story continues, we get to Genesis 42. Joseph brothers come to Egypt because there is a famine in the land, which is a part of the interpretation of the king's dream. There is a famine in the land. And so they come to find food during the time of famine. Now, please remember, they have gotten rid of Joseph when he was a child. So they have absolutely no idea what has become of their brother, Joseph. Now, Genesis 45, verse 4 to 8 I'm actually going to stop here for a little bit and I'm actually going to read it. And I'm going to read this section because every time I read this section of the story of Joseph, I get a little teary eyed and I hope someone else maybe feels the same way and sees the beauty in this reconnection. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother, Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. 
for the famine has been in the land these two years and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on earth to keep alive for your many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. Now, if you remember... In the very beginning, Joseph did see in his dreams his brothers bowing down to him. And now we have gotten to the point where we see that Joseph's dream was prophetic because it is coming to pass in this moment. Now, Genesis 46, verse 28 to 30, it tells of the reuniting of Joseph with his father, Jacob. And Jacob actually sees Joseph and is so excited. He's so happy. He literally says at this point, I can go to lay down. I can go to die for I have seen my son, Joseph again. Now, imagine a father that loves his son so much he thought he was dead and now he finally has an opportunity to see Joseph again and not just to see Joseph but also to see the prophetic dream that Joseph had come to pass now this is not a prophetic dream that came to pass two years three years four years five ten years later this is a dream that came to pass so much longer after Joseph actually spoke of the dream he spoke of the dream as a child and the last time we read Joseph age here we saw that he was age 30. So this is years and years of waiting. Now we looked at the story of Sarah and of Abraham and we see that Sarah and Abraham waited for the birth of their son Isaac, that promised child that would allow them to be the father and the mother of many nations. They waited patiently on God and it came to pass. We see Job, he waited patiently on God and he was restored everything that was ever taken from him and more. Now we see Joseph struggling. Joseph has been Oh, Joseph has been through the ringer. He's been in a pit. He was sold basically into slavery because they sold him to traitors. He got sold into Pharaoh's house. He got accused of of I, I mean Potiphar's house. He got sold into Potiphar's house. He got accused of being a rapist or attempting to rape Potiphar's wife, which is a lie. He got thrown into prison. He had favor with God in Potiphar's house, favor with God in prison. But it doesn't mean that it was easy for he went through some of the hardest parts of his life throughout this story. But we see once again, he remains a faithful servant to the almighty God because of his faithfulness to God. Once again, God favors him before the king of Egypt and he becomes ruler over the entire 
Egypt and he is not just able to save the people in Egypt from the famine. He is able to save his entire family. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to see these people face to face again? They sold you into slavery, yet here he is in humility, crying. Now, let's get this straight. If you read a couple of chapters earlier, he did deal with them a little bit harsh in the beginning because, of course, there was still some anger on the inside of him. So I'm not making Joseph out to be this perfect person as none of us would have probably been in his situation. But the truth of the matter remains that in the end, we see here that through his waiting, he waited on God through prison. He waited on God through Potiphar's house. He waited on God in Pharaoh's house for a reuniting with his family and the opportunity to not just save the people in Egypt, but he was able to save the people of Israel as well. And that is the story of Joseph. But I skipped through so much of the story just for the sake of time. So I'm going to ask you to spend some time in the scripture reading the story of Joseph. Now you're going to start in Genesis 37 and the story you're going to go to Genesis 46. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to stop there. If you want to keep reading, please be my guest and continue reading the book of Genesis. But for the story of Joseph, that is where I want you to take some time and read it. Read the things that I did not repeat. Read even more than I have taught you because there may be deeper lessons in the word for you. But today, I just want to encourage someone that has been waiting. Your wait is not in vain. And I'm not just telling you this because I myself have had to wait upon the Lord. I've had to wait upon the Lord for some of the hardest, most difficult seasons in my life. And just to give you just a quick backdrop, a little bit about me, I haven't spoken much about me during touring with God, but my father, for example, had a hemorrhagic stroke a couple of years ago. And that was one of the hardest seasons of my life. I don't think I have ever prayed or fasted as much as I have during those few years when my father was still sick, still in the hospital, on his deathbed. The doctors told us that this was it. I needed to leave the state that I was in because I was out of state, come home, place my father on hospice and say goodbye. But I knew in my heart that I was waiting and I was trusting and I was praying and I was hoping in the almighty God to do as he had promised unto me. As his word had said to me, I knew that if I kept waiting on God, he would do for me exactly as he had promised. And you may wonder, how do I know what the promise of God was for my father? Well, I had several visions. The Lord spoke to me audibly several times. He just kept coming through way after way in my life. There was always a message for me, whether it was from the scripture, whether it was from someone else, whether it was from a dream, whether it was from a word he gave me. But this is the beauty of having a relationship with God. When you have a constant communication with him, he is able to reveal 
unknown things to you. Now that is scripture. That's not just me telling you. I'm literally telling you this is the Bible in itself that tells us this. And so this is the significance of having that one-on-one relationship with the God who is able to make the impossible possible. So today, according to the hospital where my dad was, we should have already had a funeral. We should have already said goodbye. We should just be talking about the memory of him. But because the God that I serve is bigger and greater than any doctor, bigger and greater than anyone else, it doesn't matter what anybody else had to say. My trust was not in doctors. My trust was in the great physician who made my father, created every fiber of his being. And so I knew that if God made me a promise, he would fulfill it. So I'm not just telling you to wait because I'm reading from scripture. I am telling you to wait because I've experienced God for myself. And so I know the God that I serve. And I am a hundred percent sure that if he's done it for Joseph, for Abraham and Sarah for Job. If he's done it for Tony with an eye, he will do it for you. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to thank you for the God that you are, that you do not lie, Father God, that you are a God who keeps your promises. You stay true to your word. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will ensure, Father God, that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according, Father God, to your heavenly purpose. So we ask you even now, Father God, for my brothers, for my sisters, for the people that are hearing the sound of my voice, that are waiting on you, that you would allow there to be a miracle in their life. We give you all the glory, all the honor and the praise. May their wait never be in vain. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank you once more for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. This is Tony with an I. Visit us on Instagram and on TikTok. It, they're both Touring with God. The email address once again is touringwithgod at gmail.com. If you need a Bible, please go ahead and reach out to me and I would be happy to send a Bible to you. Once again, thank you for joining me and I will see you next week, Tuesday at nine. Bye.